the good weather <laughs> this past, like the past couple of days. Like, where is, is this winter? Is this winter or is this spring in disguise? It's like 20 degrees today and we're recording this inside February. Uh, <laughs> you can't see my face right now, but it's full of just... I, I hate you guys. <laughs> I am legitimately terrified. We've had such a mild winter. I, I'm almost sort of like waiting for like it, real winter to be round the corner with a baseball bat. I'm, I am very worried, very concerned. Well, just use it as an excuse. I mean, it's essentially spring, so get those windows open. Do some spring cleaning. Let the I dogs don't fly. I don't want <laughs> to. You, you don't have the cold as an excuse anymore. Uh, uh, it is just nice enough to do things. <laughs> Well, that brings us on to today's topic. Hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy, and I am joined today by Jeff. Hey up, guys. And Murdoch. Hello, everyone. And finishing up on our subtraction trilogy, we are doing analog subtraction, removing physical objects, physical concepts. We thought we would sort of like, you know, do a one-two punch following on from the digital subtraction of last week. I mean, it's it's subtraction, but if we were really doing true subtraction, it would be two episodes. But you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're getting there. <laughs> math jokes. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> it's great because I'm terrible at math. <laughs> and there goes the final listener. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a strange one because like as obvious as it seems, <laughs> it's not so very obvious. Isn't this a fancy way of talking about cleaning? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Tidy up. Right. It's... Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Tidy up. Ah, yes, the room looks clean. Where's everything? You open up the closets and it's just mountains <laughs> of stuff that just falls it's on your like head. That cartoon of like the vibrating closet doors just <laughs> hold. Hold! That's, that's not cleaning. That's not tidying. That's just shifting. It's You're just moving things from one place to the other where today we're actually talking about getting rid of of some of that stuff, whether it be the mess or the or the clutter or the whatever, but it's not just putting stuff under uh, under your bed or in your closet. Although there's a lot of stuff under my bed and in my closet. Well, it, it, un, under the bed is very useful storage space. It's, it's surprisingly useful. Well, it is, but that's why the companies sell those flat Tupperwares with wheels that you can tidy things away correctly, not just sort of shove them under to you know live amongst the dust bunnies. Yeah, okay, I mean, there's no reason to call me out so heavily. <laughs> Bloody hell, honestly. It's where my, it's, it's where my winter duvet lives. Well, <laughs> like we mentioned with the digital subtraction and the digital clutter, when you do that kind of quote-unquote tidying, you're just sort of putting it out of sight, out of mind. You're still accumulating stuff. And, you know, as somebody who went through teenage years, like most of us did, all of us? Most of us. No, I, 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 I went straight from the age of eight to uh, I'm just permanently a 60-year-old man in spirit. Not in body, but in spirit. Emerged from his chrysalis, fully formed. <laughs> to yell at children to get off of my lawn. Now, every, I think everybody has to go through that period of growing up, as it were, leaving the teenage years where you just have this giant pile of mess that you have to sort of mm. go, well, I don't need, why do I still have my workbooks from year six? You never know when you're going to need, you never know when Mrs. you know, whatever is going to come by with a pop quiz. I mean, school is traumatizing very much so, and you just never know. I mean, I still can't spell necessary. <sighs> I think that's, well, that, that's actually a good one. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of us have had, if not personally, at least a friend 
whose parents will hold on to all the books from like year six all the way through. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, all the finger paintings, all of the all the Mother's Day cards. Well, I mean, mm. that's the, the, there's the sentimental stuff, like holding on to things that have been given as gifts, for example, little mm. things, or holding on to tickets when you went to a concert with some friends or something. There's like holding on to little things like that as memories, mm-hmm. which is understandable, you, you know. But then holding on to your year seven progress report <laughs> it's not exactly you know what, that why why is this still here why are you holding on to this yes you were you were stupid then you're stupid now nothing has changed it's fine <laughs> well it's also it's also and maybe this is like the first thing we can suggest as it were and as we discussed last time about it's not about getting rid of things necessarily as it is organizing and keeping things correctly if you have mementos and you're a memento collector, like I, I've done it, I used to just have piles of tickets and stubs and and things, and it all ends up getting thrown away when you eventually go like, I, I don't use this. Scrapbooking is good, diary, journaling, all of mm. the, there are ways to keep these mementos, not only more nicely, but also in a compact form that goes on a shelf as opposed to that pile of paper that just keeps growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss journaling. I enjoyed journaling, but I'm also just not the kind of person that journals. So it's that's because bit... you don't journal. I know, I know. <laughs> it's a chicken and an egg scenario. I mean, there was a um, completely off topic, but I remember there was like this dude. Uh, this, I mean, he's. I think he. I think he's passed away now. But he kept a diary every single day for his entire life, and it's just the most mundane things you've ever read in your life. Hmm. But it's also like a really nice catalogue of, oh, this is what a day to life was for somebody in like the 50s or the 60s. It's completely mundane stuff, but it's also super interesting like 60 years on. Not saying that your life is going to be worth reading about, Margie. Well, this Um, is the thing, like for historians, yes, this stuff is quite important. But like, I I don't (laughs) think many of us are going to end up being the next Samuel Pepys documenting the Great London Fire. You know, it's like, today, had oatmeal, little stodgy. Oh, I'm 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 getting Stod- like you know, stodgy uh, or claggy. Stodgy, Jeff. Stodgy, claggy. Got it. Stop. The, what, what, what do those words mean? <laughs> Nothing. That's the point. They don't mean anything. <laughs> claggy is a perfectly cromulent word. Moving uh, on. <laughs> moving on. Well, it it just I'm brought back to like you know eighth grade and ninth grade g- g- comprehensive like reading writing um you know the ability to quote unquote to summarize uh, as, as painful as it were is is somewhat important like you don't need all <laughs> the details you just need the summary the important bits and i think collecting memorabilia in this sense is also important you don't need all the receipts from that night out to a concert you you just need a ticket and a ticket that maybe has a place in a scrapbook as you yeah. mentioned yeah right although i mean it sometimes you are very very right although with the example of going out to the concert sometimes you do need those receipts to work out what the hell happened and where did all my money go <laughs> <laughs> but no no but that that's a thing that's that's not part of the nostalgia recall process that's part of the immediate aftermath of like okay yeah. i need to do some accounting here <laughs> well you yeah, know if you keep receipts for accounting purposes have a plate uh, you know this is kind of leads us on to what we really wanted to say um you know, you discovered this yourself, Murdoch, with the, you know, the great apartment tidy up. Having a place to put things is a very important part of that 
maintenance, as it were. Mm. So, you know, if you don't have shelves, if you don't have storage space, the storage space becomes the floor. If you need to keep your receipts for tax purposes and you don't have somewhere to put them, then you end up with the great receipt pile. Or the great receipt box, the shoe box full of receipts in no order. Oh man, shoe, shoe boxes are dangerous. Shoe boxes, <laughs> like CDs go in shoe boxes. That's it. <laughs> shoe boxes are fantastic. In fact, I've got a shoe box full of letters on top of my cupboard, and that's what's keeping the blanket on that, that forms my <laughs> uh, recording studio. So there are there are multi purposes to this. Uh, no, shoe boxes are an excellent unit of storage space, except for the fact that you need to know what's in these shoe boxes. Yeah, labeling. Okay, so there's another suggestion. Label your boxes. Ah, yes. Can I interest you in the Label Maker 3000? Just like label everything, including the Label Maker. I feel like we have mentioned this on an episode somewhere. <laughs> Simpsons did it. Yeah, I think oh. that's the thing. It's, we, we always come back to this idea of mindfulness, you know, mindfully creating places, a, a space for everything and everything in its place, that kind of thing. Hmm. Well, I think just to borrow from sort of like a technological perspective of things in storage you have like cold storage warm storage and hot storage depending on how frequently you need to access things mm, it's not a bad idea especially as i think to move closer to the theme of today there's also like this idea i think we need to be mindful of the objects in our space and this is why these piles and shoving things in boxes or under the bed isn't always a great idea if it's not done mindfully because you can end up accumulating mm. objects and when it's out of sight out of mind you no longer start to question do i need this anymore and mm. is this object serving a purpose is it bringing me happiness is it bringing me joy is it bringing me distress and yeah i think there's this kind of like as you said the idea of hot storage cold storage long-term storage there's also needs to be this process of evaluation mm. Do I need this anymore? Ah, yes. Do I need this memento of my childhood? Yes, it brings me happiness. Back on the shelf you go. Do I need this moldy apple core? No, it goes in the trash. No. <laughs> That's I need... been on months ago. I don't know why it's still here. Yeah, it's this the idea that I like that mindfully being aware of where you're putting things because there's one, yeah, you're suddenly just putting stuff away, putting stuff away, putting stuff away without thinking about it. And then mm. all of a sudden, although it, it feels like all of a sudden, there's just stuff everywhere. There's crap everywhere. Why is it so messy? I don't like coming home to this. I'm stressed. This is stressing me out. Mm -hmm. mm. Whereas if, yeah, like the hot to warm storage, if you have places where everything is supposed to be mm -hmm. and you follow along with that, it's a really nice way of going, okay, so I have this letter from the bank. This goes in the financial box or whatever, or mm -hmm. I need to take this bin out. This goes to the front door so I can take it out with me. Mm. The cables, the games, the, the CDs, everything has a particular place. Yeah. So not only do you know where it is, which is apparently, it's quite useful knowing where things are. <laughs> it's removing the mental load of looking for things. Where does that thing, where, where could I have put that? Where was it? No, yeah. it's a CD. It lives on the CD shelf. It's alphabetized, so it goes in, it, it's... It's taking that stress and that mental load of looking for something and putting that load on the organizational system. Well, it's mm. like, you know, everybody in a kitchen, everybody has a place for their plates. There's a mm. cupboard for the plates. There's a cupboard for the cups. Yeah. You wouldn't just put all your plates on the table. You wouldn't just put all your carrots on the floor. Everything has a place in the kitchen because you need it to be so. So mm. there's no reason that we can't do that for everything else as well. 
So does mm -hmm. that mean that if if the idea is we have like a hot storage and a warm storage and a cold storage as we move things, you know, through the systems and keeping them, does that mean that anything that I know that I'm going to need long term but I don't need now, I keep in the fridge? That's exactly what you're supposed to do with it. Mm. You know? You know that book that book you're going to read, but you're not gonna quite get there yet? Stick it in freezer, you'll be fine. <laughs> Okay. I'm not uh, quite sure that's what Murdoch meant by cold storage. <laughs> <laughs> Taking things to a literal sense here. No, no, no. Oh. But yeah, having that easy to reach accessible hot storage option. Mm. I quite like that. I mean, and um, I, I've just recently, uh, this is super, this, uh, you're all, you know, we, we, we were down to one subscriber. He already left. We're about to go to minor subscribers because <laughs> I'm going to start talking about socks. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I recently organized, I got those little boxes that you get for mm -hmm. your, you know, you can get for your wardrobes and cupboards and I organized all my socks and now my socks live in these neat little rows in the, in the boxes and it's a lot less stressful because you just go in, grab a sock, pull it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. grab, it's, you're not digging through stuff, you're not searching through stuff and it's that kind of immediately accessible ease which mm. just mm. reduces reduces a lot of stress but it also allows you to, when you do that process in the first place, you know, put everything in your box. Mm-hmm. You suddenly you find, you, you find all the socks that really should have been thrown out years ago and you just you can do it then it gives you the option to reduce the amount of damaged goods you've got so i've just realized uh, if we were selling this on like late night tv like we really would be saying like subtract the mess subtract the stress buy now call in only 10 left ah uh, <laughs> is, is it time to bring back the subscription idea oh no <laughs> Those socks are actually a very good, like, thing. Like, those are constantly in use. Like, you need to cycle through socks. Mm. We have mentioned the orphan socks as well. That is very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, like, I've got, like, five or six individual socks, and I don't... There are, there are no pairs. Yeah. There are no mm. pairs for those socks, and they have... I don't know where they've gone. They have just mm -hmm. disappeared, and it's annoying because they're nice socks. I, I think this mm -hmm. is maybe why, like, uh, this isn't subtraction, it's addition, but those little bags that you can put your socks in when they go into the wash, apparently they do wonders. Ah. So I think that's the obvious stuff, right? Tidying, mm -hmm. yeah. cleaning. Like, yeah. If we talk about analog subtraction, I think that's where most people's mind goes. So... What about the less obvious? Because, you know, why else do an episode if we're not just concerned? Okay, clean your apartment. You done? Great. Okay, see you next week. You know, what are the clean less obvious? Clean your room, you <laughs> disgusting lout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's lots of, like, when you've got, like, analog, sub analog uh, subscription. Analog subscription. No, it's the opposite oh. of what we're doing. When you've got analog <laughs> subtraction, it's not just physically just removing the mess in your house. It's all those physical things that go on in your daily life. You've got things that, you know, walking in certain routes, going to certain places encourages less than favorable behavior. You know, I think I've mm -hmm. mentioned it before about walking past, taking a route that takes you past a convenience store. Mm. And you go, mm. oh, well, while I'm here, I'll go in and buy some junk food. But you can remove that. You can subtract that from your life by taking a diff, just taking a small little detour. And suddenly you're not spending as much money. You're not eating as much junk food. You're not missing your train because you spent hours looking at which mochi to buy. It's, <laughs> that's happened to some people, definitely not me. But you've got little things like that that is, it's also worth bearing in mind. 
It's weird, isn't it? Like we don't think of these things as subtraction because, as we said when you brought this up the last time, it feels extra and it feels like, oh no, why don't you take the scenic walk home, go through the park instead of through the Sainsbury's. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of these little things and it's something that Murdoch likes to talk about both on air and off, but it's about removing the friction and the stress points from your day so that you... Willpower is a finite resource and, you know, if especially if you're doing that same walk every day, uh, it, I'm sure it gets harder and harder to sort of walk by the, the window of little mochis all staring at you, buy me, buy me. <laughs> eventually you, you fall to the siren call and mm. it's a form of, I don't want to say friction because they're like, you know, friction is more, leave your shoes by the door instead of, you know, putting them away so you don't know where they are first thing in the morning when you're tired and blurry. But it's a mm. similar concept or it feels well, similar. I think it is because, say, for example, at least for me, at the end of the day, it's a long day. I do a lot of walking in the day and to and from work anyway. So mm -hmm. I'm mentally tired and physically tired. And as we've, I think we've discussed it before, when you're tired, mm. you know, in both ways. It's hard ways, to say no. Your, will, your, your willpower is reduced. You know, it's a resource that requires energy. So when you have these, when you walk past these places and you've mm. got no energy and you're tired and you're cranky, mm. maybe your blood sugar's low, it's you don't have the willpower to not go in and get the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you can avoid that by just not going past the thing. If you make that change, if you sort of change up your habit and your routine ever so slightly, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like much work, but the benefits are dramatic. And it's mm -hmm. the same in the home as well. If when you do your shop, if you don't buy the junk food, if you don't buy the packet of biscuits, no matter how delicious and sandwiched chocolate between two delicious put it away boy if you don't Morbans. if you don't buy them in the first place if you don't have crisps and biscuits and ramen noodles in the house when mm. you kind of get snacky it becomes a more okay do i want this snack so much that i'm willing to get up walk or drive to the nearest convenience store buy it and come home it's mm. not that you will never do that because you will but you're less likely to go, it's a much longer and a much harder decision to go to the convenience store than it is to go to the fridge. Exactly. I mean, going back to like what we talked about, uh, I think we've talked about it previously, it's the same concept as crowding where you're crowding out these behaviors or the, the, mm. the habits that lead to these behaviors by pushing in lots of other stuff. You mm. can't go to the fridge and get your snacks because you didn't go to the store to buy them. You're crowding that out. Mm. You're, you're slowly changing the habits around it so you can't do that anymore. It's an interesting idea. You're right, because crowding is very specifically a dieting tool, but the concept really does sort of grow out from there as the idea of trying to identify these weak points or fracture points in your day-to-day -day that are causing the negative behaviors and mm. and trying to instead of surgically remove them in a painful process you're trying to just slowly push them out with a more positive habit yeah mm. it's saturday morning and you've got the time you've allocated okay i'm going to start doing a bit of cleaning on a saturday morning mm -hmm. and because you're doing that you can't then spend you know, two hours scrolling through TikTok or whatever, because you've already allocated that time to something else. Mm -hmm. And it works for all sorts of things. It works say, for the tidying, for your time, for your food. It's a really good way. I mean, I do like the crowding concept as a way of dealing with, now it sounds very mafia-esque, but dealing 
<laughs> dealing Mafia! With, you're you're dealing with the problematic behaviors. What, just going back to that friction conversation. But I think the reason why I like mentioning it as friction is because it's something that it is, it's relatable. You've definitely had these mornings where it's like, ah, I really don't want to walk into that meeting, but I have to. And it could extend into different parts of your day. Mm-hmm. I got to go to the gym, but I really don't want to. <laughs> and like it, sometimes it feels like, I, I think friction is a good word for it because it feels like there's these little things that are stopping you, or not stopping you, just either holding you back or making it harder to move through. Sometimes we call them high gravity days. Hmm. And I think that's we, we forget that another form of subtraction is just the sanding off the rough edges of things just so mm-hmm. that you can more easily move through towards the desired behavior. Yeah, mm-hmm. like subtracting, it doesn't necessarily have to be major exorcisms. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a surgical <laughs> removal. Yeah, it, it, whilst it is removal, yeah, it doesn't have to be a full-on, you know, appendectomy. It can, hmm. yeah, yeah, I like that, yeah, just shaving, yeah. Off, shaving off the edges ever so slightly. You do that forever and you end up with like a tiny thin piece of wood and it's like, where did my doorframe go? Yeah. <laughs> I think the idea we also came to was basically friction management rather than friction elimination because there are certain yeah. things yeah, like you want to discourage certain behaviors. So you make it a little bit more out of the way and a little bit more annoying to get to if these are behaviors that you want to get rid of. And the things that you do want to do, you want to reduce friction in order to yeah. get to. Well, encouraging the good things. It's it's almost like sometimes we do the equivalent of not putting a phone charger next to our bed so that every time you go to bed and you think, oh, I need to charge my phone, you have to get back out of bed, go find a phone charger, plug it in, then you can finally plug your phone in and go to sleep. No, you put the phone charger next to your bed. Almost everybody does that because you're yeah. removing that little bit of friction. We don't necessarily realize how many times we're doing the equivalent of putting the phone charger in a different room mm. in other areas of our life. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's a fantastic one because there's things like going back to the everything in its place is a great example of that. It's when you've got something that you use on the regular that has no place to live. Mm-hmm. You spend so you spend a lot of energy and time looking and placing and finding and you start getting angry and yelling at inanimate objects and then calling its <laughs> name out. And Cat then you realize count- it was in your hand the whole time. Countless Where hours are my glasses? Spent- <laughs> Countless hours spent looking for like car keys and wallets in the couch. Yeah. Which brings me to another like interesting point on this friction story. Like it it can be something as simple as not putting your wallet next to your bedstand. For example, like if you wake up, you know, you get dressed, you're all on the way out the door and then you remember, remember, ah, I need my wallet. Where is it? It's all the way back in the bedroom. Like mm. That is a long route to take backwards. Yeah. If you're the sort of person that keeps your wallet or purse in a bag... Leave it in the bag. Hmm. Just, just don't forget to take the bag with you. Oh, well. <laughs> I, you know, you you know put, what? That's why you put the bag by the front door. I mm. mean, to, uh, while this is a show that is not about tech, it's why I love the Google Pay, Apple Pay wallet systems on your phone. Like, I can now leave my house without my wallet and still pay for things. Now, well, I am legally required to carry my driver's license, but that's a different issue. I mean, to be fair, it's, it's actually a really good point because... Nowadays, at least I know here in the UK, one, you've got Apple Pay, which is great. But if you ever need cash, 
You can also just use your banking app to give you a one-time code at the cash machine. So you don't mm. actually need your physical card to take cash out anymore. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, this is the ways that technology, this is why it's indulgently minimal. Sometimes the indulgent option is the better option. Sometimes, yes, I do wish that I could just replace my entire home with smart locks and smart lights and everything so that I could just glide through my home with mm. doors and opening before me, music playing for me. You know, it's an expensive and indulgent option, but it is the minimal option. It, it does remove so many little pains from your life. You got to be careful with that one though, because it does lead to like Elisa Vikander becoming a, a murderous <laughs> AI that was released upon the world, and, and Domhnall Gleeson gets stuck behind. It's you know it, it inevitably leads to weird disco dancing. That is true. It's like I I will lie down to take a nap for you know thirty minutes or an hour, and I will wake up and you know get to doing that thing I need to do. And your home assistant says, "I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Dave." <laughs> it's like, oh no. There are dishes in the sink, David. <laughs> so there's one final point that I think is worth touching upon, and we've kind of danced around it in the past, and it's never felt quite right to talk about it, but at the end of this whole trilogy, I think it's worth pointing out that there is a real significant risk when attempting these kinds of behavioral changes in your life that you can kind of enjoy them a little too much. And at the end of this tunnel, there is the gremlin of hyperproductivity. Mm. Yeah, it's like the pendulum can swing and it can swing so far in the opposite direction that it's, you can, it becomes very unhealthy to be hyperproductive. You suddenly, you're not doing things because it's good. You're doing things for productivity's sake. And then suddenly you become, that, that's what machines do. And yeah. we are not machines. There is a whole industry on social media dedicated to trying to make you the best you you can be and if you use this system and these apps and it i have followed this at certain points and realized that it's for me it's too much well it's mm. very very telling that um in this in, in the industry of hyper product productivity it's being sold to you as you can be the best version of you mm -hmm. measured by your output yeah, and that's, we, that's we are not little productivity machines. We are not measured purely by what by our output. We are more than that, and it's very easy to fall into the trap that we're only worth what we make, and that's just simply not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the hyper productivity trap is quite literally while dealing with this whole system of like optimizing for a least amount of friction, shaving off m milliseconds here and there. If I put this object in this exact spot, it makes things, you know, that much easier. Like, I think it's worth some consideration. Figure out where the pain points are mm. um, in your house, in your office, on your way to work, where, you know, wherever the road may take you, as it were, right? You figure out where the pain points are. Uh, if it yeah. takes too much time stopping at a gas station on the way out to... To work, figure out one that's a little later down the line, maybe not as crowded. Yeah, yeah. But don't don't stay up at night figuring out which is the best optimal. Like you know, <laughs> <laughs> if the spreadsheet gets involved, you may have gone too far. <laughs> but, uh, well, 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 let's hang on a minute. Let's, let's, let's hang on a minute. I mean, if a spreadsheet's involved, it's clearly a good time. Well, mm. that's when it it clicked for me that this was problematic. I was watching a video and the guy was explaining how he used like four or five different apps so that no matter what book he was reading, he could take notes and it would all end up. The notes would get imported from one app by a different app and then it would get 
automatically shared into this central thing, which would then all get pasted over into a, you know, notion obsidian type thing. And then there was a mind map involved. I'm thinking, like, no. okay, like <laughs> when you're doing, if you're doing research for something, if you're studying, like I can understand the need, but you know, he was saying like to do this for everything you read. And it's like, no, like I, I no. Reading for, reading for, like there is reading for work and there is reading for pleasure. Yeah, mm -hmm. and read as as I'm sure many people that uh, many people that um you know underwent a higher education learned that reading for studying and reading for research absolutely ruins yeah. reading for pleasure or it can does. do if you don't learn how to separate the two. So uh, yeah, I think it was just worth pointing out that we're not suggesting trying to dive headfirst into this rabbit hole, but rather very carefully identifying where the pain points are exactly as Murdoch said if there is something in your life analog or digital that is causing you distress and you know I want to go right back to the digital thing we we're talking about like this could be a service it could be a social media site it could be a purchase you've made that you regret but feel you can't get rid of it because of the sunken cost idea I think it's worth just taking the time periodically to just take stock and remove things so you can get back to the the bare minimal setup that gets you through and then you can start adding again and then subtracting is kind of cyclical in that way yeah mm. but ultimately the goal is your happiness and well-being not being some hyper productive little machine or some perfect little zen monk living in his bare bones apartment mm. yeah yeah so to finish off why don't we have a look at some personal examples of how we have applied these ideas ourselves to see if that helps other people get going because what jumped to mind for me was when i was at my best with my exercise routine it was actually when i was living in england and i implemented the crowding idea actually i got a gym membership i oh. decided on the days that i wanted to go to the gym and i suffered for quite a few months and it was building the habit of I leave work, I get in the car, I drive to the gym, I do the gym and I go home. And for about three or four months, it was difficult because it was a time when I had to be disciplined because motivation wasn't there. And after a while, the habit took over. And what I noticed that once it was part of my routine and a habitual thing, I didn't even resent the lost time anymore. I didn't feel like, oh, I could be at home watching TV or I could be out at the pub or something like that. It actually became just a thing that I did. And it was a really good groove. And I missed that time because it just now when I exercise, I do feel that lost time. I do feel like, oh, I, I feel like I don't have enough hours in the day and exercise takes away from somewhere else. So maybe it's something I'll have to try and re-implement in some way. Hmm. Murdoch. Oh. Well, returning to that silly bag cast idea we've been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it will never get an episode. <laughs> alluding to in the shadows. I've, I've come to an odd realization. I am a creature of habit, not necessarily good habits, but like a creature of habit. <laughs> So for the longest time, I was, you know, the person that would rarely leave the house without a laptop or some form of, you know, setup, mm. just in case I get inspiration in the moment to do something technological. I've realized over the years that I don't need that. 
Mm. And in terms of, you know, like a laptop setup, if you have something that you need to work on, then yes, okay, take the bare minimums. You need a laptop and maybe a charger and that's it. You can toss that into one of them like little sleeve briefcase type things and that's mm -hmm. it. That's all you're going to need for that specific task. Aside from that, I have come down to just leaving the backpack behind. I've realized I can do most of the things I need to do with a phone. So if I'm leaving the house on like a little journey or like a little shopping trip or a little like meetup spot somewhere, I don't need to take a full bag with a full loadout. All I need to take is a phone. And I've developed like a simple system to get me out the door as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Do tell. Uh, it's one, two, three, four. Left pocket is wallet, car key. House key is either attached to, you know, the car keychain or... The spare is in the wallet itself, so I never leave home without having a spare key. Hmm. In the right pocket goes a phone, headphones, and I do a one, headphones two, three, Headphones into the little jean pocket. Head yes. Headphones into the little <laughs> jeans pocket, yes. That, that count gives me some peace of mind that I haven't forgotten things on the way out or on the way back. Yeah. I think many of us do the pat down. I, I know I do. Yeah. Whenever I get up from like a cafe or something, you just start patting yeah. yourself like you're starting a drum, <laughs> a drum circle. Mm. Like it reminds it reminds me of like the mnemonic system. I think you've used it, Moggy. I still use it. Whenever I'm leaving home and locking the door, it's I'll repeat a random word over and over and over again. And then <laughs> yeah. when I think of the word, I remember that I've locked the door. So I <laughs> yeah. think, did I lock the door? And then you think, ah, yes, rubber chicken, mm. rubber chicken. Ah, yes, rubber chicken. Rubber chicken was the <laughs> word today, yeah. Mm. And these items, they go into a little caddy on my desk. Mm. So yeah. when I get back, you know, from outside, these items go into a little, like, shelf thing and they stay contained so when i leave the house i know to check that and when i come back i know mm. to drop all my items in there that removes a lot of like the stress of where do i put these things having a caddy in place is really useful i would not recommend using a hat um, <laughs> there was there was a hilarious incident with my dad hi dad where he put his keys in his hat he put his hat on didn't realize the keys were in the hat and then spent about half an hour looking for his keys it was the funniest thing that has ever happened <laughs> you think you'd feel it like i've <laughs> seen dad's keychain it's not small I just, it was slap ow you know it was genuinely i think i think it's because it, you know it was one of the yorkshire flat caps and i think it was stuck in the little pocket you know the little, oh, the little front, on the side yeah. Hmm. so yeah <laughs> uh, Go on, Chef. What were your examples other than that hilarious? <laughs> just, just, uh, good times. It's funny when it doesn't happen to you. Yeah. For me, what I found is like constant mess vigilance, not having surfaces where things get put on. The table is not for storage. The table <laughs> is for eating on. Not having letters that pile up on the side, constantly having somewhere to put them. Washing up as you go when you're cooking, always having an eye of making sure that things don't pile up, mess doesn't pile up, having everything in its place. Right. Is, I found is really, really useful because otherwise things can get away from you very quickly or at least things can get away from me mm -hmm. very quickly. Um, it doesn't always work. There is the umbrella incident where I had an umbrella that needed to be thrown away and it was at my front door for about a month. <laughs> And oh, wow. I left it at the front. I left it at the front door because this needs to go to the bin when I take stuff to the bin. And I yeah. kept staking stuff to the bin outside, and I just never took the umbrella with me. And then 
I'd and come now it becomes home. part of the, the it, now it's the, the door umbrella. And now it's the door umbrella. <laughs> and I kept coming home and thinking, oh, I'll take that out. And then I got distracted by my shoes. And then by the time I've realized it, I'm already in my pajamas. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, I forgot to take the umbrella out again. <laughs> hmm. But that's why the constant vigilance is important. Otherwise, things like that can build up suddenly yeah. one umbrella. And then suddenly it's a whole hoo-ha of things. Yeah. So that constant maintenance is is very important. Hmm. But it's also important, as you say every week, Jeff, it's also important to be kind to yourself. We're only human. We have our foibles and everything else. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have an umbrella and you, it, it'll get thrown away eventually. Yes, you have a system. It mostly works. When it doesn't, yeah. it's okay. Be kind, be kind to yourself. I mean, <laughs> we got rid of it eventually. You know, it took it to the bin finally. And there you go. See, it, it all worked out. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed that episode and you've enjoyed our subtraction trilogy. We'll be coming soon with our next set of episodes, but next week we'll be back onto a nice relaxed blobcast as we know you all love and enjoy. We have been indulgently minimal. You can follow us on social media. We're in some places, we're not others. We're on Instagram, we're on Mastodon. There are links in the show notes. If you prefer to go old school, send us an email. We love hearing from you. Thoughts, comments, questions, ideas for upcoming episodes. Send us an email. We are indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. We're on coffee. Again, thank you so much to everybody that's helped support the show. We really do appreciate it. It helps us keep doing what we're doing. Link in the show notes, it's ko-fi.com forward slash indulgently minimal. I've been Moggy, and I've been joined today by Jeff. Thanks, guys. Remember to do remember to go easy on yourselves. The umbrella isn't always your fault. <laughs> <laughs> and Murdoch. And remember, folks, indulge a little. Thanks for joining us. See you for the next one. Bye. See you later, guys. Take care, everyone.